Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a fucking ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers as Ever podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is April 28, 2019. 129 days till kickoff. Woohoo, right around the corner. The draft is all done and wrapped up. Thank God. I will say their reaction on Twitter was better than actually watching the draft. They enjoyed that. I did. Lots of meltdowns. Before we get to that, do some follow-ups and fact checks from last podcast. A follow-up. After the Giants took Daniel Jones with the sixth overall pick, I'd asked when was the last time a quarterback from Duke had been drafted. The answer is 2013, surprisingly. Huh. Round seven, pick 249. The Falcons picked quarterback Sean Renfrey. Uh, 11 quarterbacks have been taken from Duke in the history of the NFL draft. Daniel Jones is by far the highest Duke quarterback draft pick. The second highest was in round two, uh, pick 52, Al Woodall by the Jets in 1969. The most famous was Sonny Jurgensen taken in the fourth round by the Eagles in 1957. So Duke does not have a long track record of getting NFL quarterbacks in. Seems like most of them were pre-70s. I've never even heard of that Sean Renfrey, which is weird given that he was drafted by Atlanta. He must not have lasted long there. No, most of them don't. Now, the follow-up. We were talking about Bruce Arians' winning record as a coach. Now, I delved into his complete history in the NFL as an assistant and a head coach, and I found some pretty fascinating stuff. All combined, he has coached for 25 seasons in the NFL. His record, as we know, as a head coach is .619. Whoa, that's up there. Yeah, six years as a head coach with three playoff seasons in those six years. So that's a 50% playoff rate. Now, in 25 seasons as an NFL coach, both as an assistant and a coach, his whole time in the NFL, in those 25 years, 15 of those seasons, his teams went to the playoffs. Wow. This guy knows how to win. He is no stranger to winning. <laughs> no. His win percentage as an assistant is .576. In, in 25 seasons, he's only been a part of six losing teams. Wow. That's crazy. One of them was the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> he was a <laughs> tight ends coach there for one year. I think they went 3-13. and 13. So we drafted Devin White with our first overall pick. We touched on that in the last podcast. I looked into the guy, didn't know much about him, but I'm kind of fascinated with his, not so much his on-the-field play, which the guy is very fast to be as big as he is. I think he's like 240 pounds. He's six foot tall. And he's all muscle, too. And he just runs around like crazy. He's he's not going to have a problem whatsoever catching Alvin Kamara, McCaffrey, or Cam Newton. He actually posted on Twitter, in one of his press conferences, somebody asked him about Cam Newton, and he said, well, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. <laughs> But I'm really fascinated by his character. Uh, they said they brought him in. One of the reasons was because of his great leadership skills. But the guy is into horses. I mean, apparently he's a big old country boy. And, I mean, he's into horses big time. And he is friends with Kevin Mintner and Beckwith, as well as a couple other players on our team. But him and Beckwith have been horse riding before. He said it was the worst day of his life because <laughs> Beckwith rides quarter horses and... Devin rides, I don't know, some these canter horses or something. Ask him because he'll tell you all about it. <laughs> but he said quarter horses are really rough to ride. And he was like, I was just beat up. <laughs> he, did. he said it was the worst day of his life. That's funny. Jason Lang had a press conference after the day two of the draft. Uh, there was an excellent question by the first reporter. I'm not sure who it was. But he asked if drafting so many defensive backs makes him question his first series of drafting defensive backs. Basically, did he feel the need to replace them? That was a pretty good question. Uh, like said that 
They wanted a big stable back there because of injury concerns in the past. So basically they're just shoring up the secondary, making sure they got enough people back there. So if people go down, they can replace them. Which it makes sense because we had a ton of injury problems last year. Like Conte went down immediately. Vernon Hargreaves went down. Yeah, so I mean, we were playing game. a bunch of rookies back there. Right, and then they all kept getting hurt. So it was like Jordan Whitehead would come back and then MJ Stewart's injured that same, you know, the next week. And This is kind of off subject, but I'd like to do a do some research into how often rookies get hurt in their first two or three years since the new CBA. Because it would make sense to me. You you can't make but so much money with the new CBA in your first four years, fifth-year option. So why not kind of get hurt the first couple of years, you know, don't bang your body up and everything, then play hard for your uh, contract year, and then you get a big contract after that. You know, it just seems to me, I don't know, it, it might just be something I've noticed that I'm making up or something, but it just seems to me like rookies get hurt more often now in the first couple of years than they did before the CBA. I just don't think players are as tough. Well, that's true, too. Yeah, I think that has a lot to do with it. Uh, When Jason Light was talking during the press conference, he brought up Noah Spence again, and he said the staff is very happy with how how Noah Spence is performing. Now, when Noah Spence was first on the team, I thought this guy was going to be elite pass rusher. He was a little small. He had a lot of work to do. His run stopping wasn't all that great, but you know, he just kind of disappeared for the past few years. I mean, he's just been on the field like 2% of the time. I'd like to know why. Now, the Joe Bucks fans, they had an article out yesterday, I think it was, and they said that uh, Spence is in a contract year and perhaps he's gotten his off-the-field life in perfect order. And then they said Joe's just going to leave that there. Not every professional matures at the same pace. I want to know what's going on. I want to know what happened. That's kind of a big thing. I mean, he was a first-round draft pick, and he just, like, disappeared. But he's still on our roster. Yeah, so what's the issue? And they have mentioned that before in their podcast, that there were some personality issues. Yeah, I want to know. But I think he's going to light it up this year. Uh, when Jason Light brought up how happy they were with Vita Vea, he was beaming from ear to ear. As, as a matter of fact, I had the sound off when I was watching this, and I saw him smiling like that. I was like... Did somebody ask him a funny question or, or something? So I turned the sound on, I looked, and he was talking about Vita Vea. He just beamed. I mean, him. I wonder if they have a really special relationship because remember when Vita initially started playing last year, he was acquiring the nickname Velcro Vita. He couldn't get off his blocks. And then Jason Light had a talk with him, and then he just went off. Yeah, I told him to be violent. Right. So I'm wondering <laughs> if they have a close relationship. I would imagine. But how many, how often do you have close relationships with the GM? I don't know. Mm. He did praise JPP, Nassib, Spence, and then Vito. Somebody there was conspicuously missing, Gerald McCoy. Right. Still on the roster for the time being. He compared bunting to Devin as far as leadership is concerned. I found that interesting. They're really getting guys with good character, leadership, and fast. Speed seems to be their key. Uh, Bruce Arians had said... We like speed because you can't teach speed. That's true. You can coach everything else, mm-hmm. but you can't coach speed. Huh. We did, speaking of speed, we picked up Jamal Dean, number 94 pick as a defensive back. This guy clocked a 4-3. Some reports said a 4-2 in his 40-yard time. That's incredibly fast. Especially for a defensive end. They're not normally one of the fast ones, right? Defensive back. Oh, he's a defensive back. Yeah, cornerback. Okay. So, with all this speed on our team, ain't nobody going to... Uh, we have an outrun us. So what's that going to do for the guys that we already have on the roster that we drafted in the past couple years? I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It's really going to be interesting. I mean, I like a lot of those guys. Carlton Davis, Whitehead. Justin Evans. Me. 
Justin Brian Smith. Brian Smith. You know, these guys, I'd, I'd like to see them develop. So I hope we can work everybody in. When the, he was asked about uh, drafting all defense, and he said he was the, he was worried that when they when Arians came in that he was going to want to build the draft all offense because Arians is an offensive guy. Yeah. But he said that Arians understands how to build a team, and so that's why they went all defense. I mean, we've got an offense. Well, you know, we could use some offensive linemen. I guess we'll see. I, you know, I, I think coaching was a huge problem. You know, the Warhop was just not a really good offensive line coach. I think now that he's gone, we're going to see these guys tougher, meaner, and play through the whistle more. I don't know. Some of the stuff he had them doing, way too much pulling, way too much movement. We'll see how it works out, though. Do you think he told Donovan Smith to take plays off? <laughs> now, Warhop's the only offensive line coach Donovan Smith has had, right? I think so. Yeah. So, you never know. But we'll see how Donovan Smith and Arian's relationship is after Arian's Ooh. called him out. Yeah. Oof. First week, really. So, we've been, we, we did a lot of trading around in the draft, too. What do you got as far as the draft is concerned? Okay, so first round, obviously, Devin White, linebacker. Second round, Sean Bunteen, cornerback. Which, Greedy was on the board. A bunch of the bigger-name guys were on the board. And everybody was like, what? Who is this yeah, guy? Yeah, why did we go after this guy? This happened yeah. a lot during the draft. Yeah, That's we, what I'm saying. Twitter was just a meltdown of Bucks fans. <laughs> yeah, we, it was weird. I thought Joe Buck fan was going to need a safe space because <laughs> they were just losing it the entire time. Eventually, I think they got off Twitter. Uh-huh. Third round, they drafted cornerback Jamel Dean. They also had the 99th pick. So they had two picks in the third. They traded our, what, the 70th pick yes. overall for the Rams. They had the 94th and the 99th pick. So we got Jamel Dean and Mike Edwards, who's a safety. We didn't have a pick in the fourth round. Fifth round, we got defensive end Anthony Nelson. Seventh, fifth round, we drafted a kicker. People were very upset about this. Yes, we were the first team really to draft a kicker. Really upset. And actually, I think... But then the Patriots drafted a kicker. Patriots and the Browns. It was either a kicker or, the pun- or a punter. Same Patriots and the Browns both did it in the same round. So, I don't know. But this guy, kicker Matt Gay from Utah. Joe Buck fan wrote an article about him. He's Mormon. He was a soccer player, which, you know... Um, Bruce Arians loves the guys who have played other sports. Martin, Martin Gramatica, our, the favorite Buccaneer kicker ever. He was a soccer player. Right. He, this guy's kind of built like Sebastian Janikowski. He's a little thicker. But Joe Buck's fan wrote an article that um, Matt Gay has battled with depression in the past. And he's overcome that. And so. Yeah, he also had an injury, too. I believe he tore an MCL or something oh, during gosh. practice. Yeah. During practice? Yep. So we'll see. I don't know if he's bringing them. Well, picking them, what was that, fifth round? Yeah. Picking them fifth round, yeah, he could just be fodder. Right. Com- competitive. I mean, we have Cairo Santos. We picked up a punter. We got that German guy. Yeah, so we've got like five special teams kicker dudes. Yeah, and then our long snapper. We don't have a long snapper. Garrison Sanborn, they didn't resign him. He was really? up for free agency. I thought he retired. Maybe he did, but we don't have one. Nah, they're overrated. <laughs> Wait, you know, in I think it's the quarterback whisper. He talked about getting burned. Yes, by having rookie. by the young guys. Yeah, um, he does not like long snapper, punter, and kicker. Those are that, and the holder was a, was a okay. young guy. Okay, the hold, maybe it's the holder because it was like three positions where he's like maybe it's the long snapper, holder, and kicker. Or he's like, I can only have one guy in that little team that's a young one because that's how he got burned before. You know, I, I have a theory that anger, he was he was our holder for the kicking team. 
I have a theory that there was something up with him, the way he held the ball or something, was the reason why all these kickers came in and just sucked with the Buccaneers. That makes me think of Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, when they the um, the bad person was uh, hated Dan Marino because he was the kicker, and Dan muffed the hold. Oh. <laughs> and so this whole thing was, laces out, Dan. Laces out, yeah. Dan. So, totally unrelated. But. All right, so where are we at, round six? Sixth round, we got wide receiver Scotty Miller. Then the seventh round pick was defensive end Terry Beckner. So we got two defensive ends, a receiver, a kicker, a safety, two cornerbacks, and a linebacker. Yes, and then after the draft, we signed a bunch of guys. I have a list, but I'm not sure if it's exhaustive. We also waived quarterback Joe Callahan, which remember... When we signed Blaine Gabbert, we found out, oh, this Joe Callahan is on the roster. We've never even heard of him. Well, so he's not on the roster anymore. Right, but we did sign an undrafted free agent kicker. So we've got I mean, quarterback. Okay. So we had 12 undrafted rookies signed. Quarterback. Good creep. Yeah. Quarterback Nick Fitzgerald, David Pindle. I don't know what he is. A-T-H. Running back Bruce Anderson, wide receiver Malik Taylor. Wide receiver Cortral Simpson, wide receiver Demarcus Lodge, tight end Isaiah Seawright, center Nate Truwin, guard Zach Bailey, defensive end Cousin Daniels, safety Lucas Dennis, and long snapper Dan Godsell. Yeah, most of these guys are just fodder. Aries is going to get as many bodies out there at practice to see if anybody pops, but these guys most likely will never make the roster. Maybe some practice squad. Yep, so the draft is done. Right, so they have rookie minicamp starts in two weeks. So we'll get to see these guys. Some drama over in Miami. Josh Rosen has been traded to the Dolphins, where Ryan Fitzpatrick was penciled in as a starter. Ooh. Now, this is going to be interesting, because there is the Fitzpatrick curse. Everywhere he's gone, I think it's been eight teams or seven teams, as the backup, the starting quarterback's gotten hurt. Every team? Every team. <gasps> it's start, let's see, in 2015, that's when Geno Smith broke his jaw after a locker room fight with uh, his teammate. And uh, Smith was winning the Jets quarterback competition before he was sidelined. That gave Fitzpatrick the starting job. Do you think it was like a Tara Lipinski thing? I don't know who that is. The figure skater in the 90s who broke the other girls, or paid to have someone break Tanya Harding's, or was it the other way around? The other way around. It was Tanya Harding that had her boyfriend break what's-her-face's leg. Uh, But before he did was that, he played in Houston where he was benched for poor play. And the very next game was replacement Ryan Mallett got injured. Uh, in Tennessee, Fitzpatrick got a chance to start after Jake Locker was hurt. Buffalo Trent Edwards went down, giving Fitzpatrick a chance to play. In Cincinnati, it was Carson Palmer. In St. Louis, both Mark Mulder and Jamie Martin went down. And then Fitzpatrick came in. He was a third-string quarterback, or they heard him off the streets. I can't remember. And then, of course, with the Buccaneers, Jameis Winston hurt his shoulder in 2017 against the Cardinals. And that's when Fitzpatrick came in. And then we all know what happened last year at the start of the season, so... It's going to be interesting to see. If I was Josh Rosen, I would want Fitzpatrick off the team, like, immediately. <laughs> they might want a quarterback competition. Well, that's, what, that's how you get your quarterback killed. I guess so. We've got a punter going to the minicamp also on a tryout contract. UCF punter Mac Loudermilk. He went to the team's local pre-draft workout. That's Greg Allman reporting. And that defensive end, Cousin Daniels, that we signed the undrafted rookie, uh-huh. he's blind in one eye. <laughs> Sorry, that's not funny. But, what? Yes. Maybe he's not, like, technically blind. Or he's, he's completely blind in one eye. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Well, hey, he's a pirate. Put a put an eye patch on it. That's right. He can see light, but not 
dark shadows or anything. Hmm. Buck's corner, Jamel Dean, that we signed, he actually played with Carlton Davis at Auburn. That's so they good. know each other. Yeah, it seems like our whole defensive backfield knows each other. And our linebackers, they all play together, know each other. Maybe it's a small world in the university football. Seems like it. Oh, this was cool. There's a fan that said, I'm moving 14 hour, or 19 hours away from my favorite football player, Mike Evans, but I'm finally going to college, so I'll see you when I get that degree. And Mike tweeted back, I always appreciate the support, but that education is very important. Get NFL Sunday ticket or jailbroken fire stick to watch the games. Let me know which one, and I'll reimburse you for it. That's funny. That's cool. A jailbroken fire stick. <laughs> Sebastian Janikowski is retiring at the age of 41. It's going to be weird him not being in the league. It's been in the league for like 20 years. Oh, yeah. Almost 19. Since 2000, huh? Yep. He's made more money than any kicker in NFL history. Probably drank more beer than any kicker in NFL history, That's too. probably true. He said now he's going to turn into a cab driver, taking his three girls to school. <laughs> okay, we haven't looked at the any press conferences or anything today. We went to the beach and had some family time. We will get all the information we can about our draft picks and what everybody's saying about them for the next podcast. And the voluntary camp is still going on, so we'll have some information on that. But in two weeks is when the real mini camp start. Uh, until then, go Bucks.